Welcome back to the Warrior Poet Project, my friend. How are you? Good. It's good to see again the half of me who speaks proper English <laughs> as opposed to, you know, you're the version of me that was created somewhere who was born in the U.S., speak English right. Yeah, that's, this. that's what's up. How many, how many others of us are out there? Is there I'm like one sure. in each country, you know? Could we find like a Swedish one? Yeah, should be fun. And like a Chilean version maybe somewhere more. out there? Maybe it's, more. You ever watch that movie, The One with Jet Li, where no. there are all the different, there's like multiple universes and different Jet Li's in, there's a Jet Li who has uh, an afro, there's a Jet Li who has, and you know, unlike in our version, they all try to kill each other in order <laughs> to gain their power, but right. I like our version better. Yeah, they were kind of the Highlander version. Yeah, exactly. There could be only one. Exactly. But me and you just square off, yeah. and you have your sword, and I have my sword, and we... I'll absorb you. I'll absorb his powers. Yeah. Did you ever used to watch that TV show, uh, The Highlander, the series? No, I watched the movie way Adrian back in the Paul. day, but I so funny. I tried, I used to love that show. The music yeah. would get me fired up. I'd be like jumping around because they had that Queen song. I am immortal. Right. I have inside me blood <laughs> of kings. I'd be like running around the house. And then, but I go back to watch it now, and every time he cuts someone's head off, he has a full orgasm. <laughs> I didn't realize he's like shaking and trembling oh, from his hilarious. body, and I'm like, you're having an orgasm from that's absorbing funny. his energy. Yeah, that's but, like uh, beheading to yeah. me. <laughs> Some people got off with the strangest the, yeah, things. Exactly, the beheading orgasm. Yeah. Um, well, I had a topic for today's podcast, uh, Daniel, and the topic is honor. You know, I was watching. Uh, I was watching The Last Samurai again, mm -hmm. and one of my favorite movies. I really, I really enjoy that movie. And surprising because Tom Cruise is in it, and it doesn't bother me at all. I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna walk out right now. This is like again. It's like I'm in a conversation with myself. It's exactly what I've said 17 times. It's like, why do I actually like Tom Cruise movies yeah. when I don't like Tom Cruise, and yeah. yet he's good. There it is. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm watching it and. You know, they, the samurai had a very distinct code of honor. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who had a lot of different definitions of honor. Cyrano had his own code of honor. The Spartans had their code of honor. And then us as modern man has a very kind of, you know, we have some things that we try to keep, you know, that that's not honorable. Yep. You know, like dating someone's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's very flimsy. Like we have right. like a couple rules and we don't really take it as far and as seriously as other people did in the past. So, mm -hmm. so what do you think it was? Do you think it was the warrior culture? Do you, do you think, why, why has that concept of honor kind of fallen off? That's a, I don't know that it has fallen off. I think what it is is, I don't think it was ever mainstream. Mm -hmm. you know, even if you go among the samurai in the 1600s or something, I don't think necessarily that every samurai was this paragon of honor would never. Right. I think what so it it's is romanticized is, when we look backwards. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. And it's not that it's fake because that stuff is real. Mm -hmm. But we take the experience of maybe five to ten percent. Yeah. Who then push that idea on maybe another twenty percent to run with it just because it was cool at the time. But I think the core of it is human beings are what they are. So there's always exceptions in every time period. There are always exceptional individuals. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what I mean. And 
if those exceptional individuals are able to communicate certain values on a mass scale, then many people jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. If they were not influenced by that, they would do something else. It's, that's almost by chance. They just ran with what's cool at the time. And I think in some particular cultures and time periods, the honor element was a big one, not because every single person was born in, with that in their DNA or that's who they were at heart, because there were enough exceptional individuals pushing Enough that. leaders yeah. who exemplified that. Exactly. Let's look, you know, looking at the samurai culture, you know, they had a very, they probably took it to the extreme mm -hmm. in the fact that they would take their own life, seppuku, yep. if they were shamed in battle from yep. defeat. How do you think that extreme version kind of came about? You know, that's, that's interesting to me because it's so foreign right. for us. On that note, I, I'm going to answer the question, but I have to tell you a story with a slight detour to that. Yeah, sure. I'm having a conversation with my four-year-old daughter the other day, and she walked out of school, and she's telling me about her day in school, and, you know, it's like, oh, whatever, it's interesting, mm -hmm. but nothing. And all of a sudden, she tells me about one of her little friends, and she says, yeah, during, when it's going to be my birthday, she's going to give me her ear. I'm like, you mean her earring? She's going to give you a pair of earrings for your birthday? She's like, no, she's going to give me her ear. Because, you know, she <laughs> made a promise to me, and she broke it. So I told her, now you have to chop off your ear. <laughs> and she said, yeah, you know, I know I did it. So, so for my birthday, she's going to chop off her ear, put it in a box and give it to me. I was like, who am I raising here? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, it's like a Yakuza thing. Uh, you know, yeah, you yeah, fall yeah, short yeah. of what your commitment. You have to you chop mean? off your pinky kind of thing. So, man. But, of course... <laughs> Again, to everybody you out there... You come home today and your daughter's tattooing herself with <laughs> Japanese demons on her. And I'm just like, uh-oh! I would not be surprised by now. <laughs> but, uh, so, on that note, yeah, I wouldn't take it literally, mm -hmm. not just the story, but for everybody, you know. The idea of literally, you fuck up once and you have to kill yourself. Okay, you're taking it perhaps just a tiny bit too far. Mm -hmm. Maybe forgiving yourself and doing better next time is not a bad idea. Yeah. But at the same time, there's something amazing about the purity of somebody who expects from oneself such high standards of, I wouldn't call it perfection, but pretty close to that, yeah. that anything less than that, life is not worth living. And then it's like, I don't want to be alive if I can be alive with the highest degree of integrity possible. You can tell, but step back and go like, wow, that's a man. Yeah. You know, that no, right I mean, there is... And a, you see it in these stories, and it's one of the things that's so compelling. Yeah. You know, and I guess there, there was some kind of martial advantage for it, because if you knew that if you lost, you had to, yep. you had to kill yourself, you're pretty much going to fight to the last breath yep. at that point. You know, there's no, no considering <laughs> no. if you're going to surrender and, nope. you know, what's the point? You, yeah. know, you might as well fight like a fucking demon till you can't fight anymore. The last drop of blood is spilled. Precisely. And I guess the Spartans had this similar philosophy. They didn't kill themselves, but they refused to surrender and retreat at any situation. Mm -hmm. Like, that was just not right. an option. So they would fight till they died anyways to the last man. With your shield or on it, right? Yeah, with your shield or on it. Either you come back home with your shield because you won or, uh, you know, because the thing they would do in battle is the losing army would throw away their shields to run away faster. Yeah. And he's like, nope, the shield is going to be with you either because you won or because they are carrying your body back on the shield. That's, yeah, that's pretty badass right there is this 
manic commitment to give 110% of yourself to the task at hand. Mm-hmm. Now, the part where it gets a little shady with the samurai or the Spartans or all of that is that that beautiful degree of integrity and commitment was often put to the service of some warlord right. who's out to screw over the people in the next county and take right. over their land. It's like not exactly a noble goal. You know, if you can become that type of a human being, put that to the service of some of some real good ideal, mm-hmm. now we're talking. Yeah. You know? Otherwise, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's beautiful to consider the integrity, but again, what are you using it for? That's the part where I feel a little... Like, sure, and as I get older, too, you know, I watched Last Samurai the first time, and I was perfectly happy with all the Japanese Imperial Army just right. getting hacked to pieces. I was like, yes, yep. you know, die, kill them all. And now I'm thinking, like, these poor bastards are just conscripted in this exactly. stupid army by yep. stupid Omura, you know, that the advisor in that in that movie right it's like and it sucks that they have to die and it sucks that the samurai have to die but still you know you admire the story and the thing but it just seems like what a fucking waste yeah at the same time so there is that kind of element of complete unnecessity that's why to me is the idea the samurai ideal applied today not at the service of fighting for some state against some other states or you don't really care it's like what's the point but to in a way for humanity as a whole in a way for the 7 million problems that are really seriously affecting human beings all over the world causing widespread pain and suffering to everybody who's alive get that samurai spirit and apply it to that battlefield and then you are a warrior on a level that even the samurai of old can't quite compete with yeah not in terms of integrity, because again, nobody can probably match, but certainly not exceed the level of integrity, but in terms of the purpose mm-hmm. for which that... Well, sure, because they were at the whims of some shogun, yeah. you know, told pointed a direction, Right. that was it. But if you take the highest ideals of humanity, apply that same Bushido, yep. you know, that warrior ethos, yep. to that, that's a powerful force. And See, I think that's, that's what is necessary to kind of to move things, people of that extreme honor and code you know in order that's gonna that's gonna be the most powerful force i do feel that way in some parts of my life because i mean my morality tends to be highly flexible Mm -hmm. some people would say just because i don't exactly follow the rules of behavior and laws and everything that but on another level highly impeccable absolutely i don't have many rules i have very very few yeah but to me, there are things that, like giving my word, if I give you my word, literally, well, I don't want to find out because I never broke it, but in my mind is, if I break my word, seppuku is the option. You yeah. know what I mean? Because right. it's like, there's no way that you give me your trust, I give you my word, and I'm going to break that. Mm-hmm. What kind of a fucked up human being am I? Yeah. I'm not one who's worth living. You know, I'm not one who deserves to be alive if that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Now, again, who knows? Maybe one day I fuck up and I go like, you know what? It wasn't that bad. Okay, so let me, was... let, me, let me extend that further because <clears throat> there's the giving of your word, which is this kind of thing where you tell somebody something mm-hmm. that you're going to do and then you stick to it. But then there's also 
this kind of gray area of the selective honesty mm-hmm. that you can use, particularly in relationships. Right. You know, and that's, that's a really challenging thing when it comes to honor because in one end, the most honorable thing to do is to be 100% honest sure. all the time. But it's also challenging to find that boundary of what is too much, yeah. you know. And, and I think that's, you know, that's a, that's a struggle that you have. I mean, being dishonest, it's pretty clear, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fucked up. But where is that line of you're withholding some information, some things that you feel? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, the more I think about it, the more I'm getting to the point where I'm not even comfortable withholding right. truth. You know, not even telling false truth. You know, because that, I agree with you, that's, you know, that's something, a transgression that I'm extremely uncomfortable with. Yep. But even withholding any partial truth is becoming more and more uncomfortable to me. I guess there are two levels to that that make sense to me. On one level, the, um, that's why I say giving your word as opposed to being honest all the mm-hmm. time, because I want to choose when I give my word. Right. I don't want to be holding myself to that standard 24-7 yeah. in the sense that, but I want you to feel that if you are somebody who either in a relationship or you are good friends or somebody that wants to know, look, I really need to know where we stand here. Can you give me your word? Either you're going to get it done or can you give me your word and that's what you mean? Can you? If I choose to say, yes, I give you my word, then I want you to feel that you can take it to the bank. Like there's no mm-hmm. more, there's no flexibility there. But that doesn't mean I'm going to give you my word 24-7 about every little thing. Because as you <laughs> right. say, you know, sometimes there are white lies that are not even done from a bad place. But you're like, certain pieces of information, I don't think maybe the, this other person would handle them well. And right. so being honest is not doing them a favor because you're just giving them rope to hang themselves with. It's a dangerous game but to the, decide for somebody like else. It seems like the most honorable thing to do is to be that way. Right? And that's, in fact, my second aspect where I completely agree with you. Whereas yeah. before I was, like, qualifying, the other part is, even for other people, but even for myself, I don't really want to live that way anymore in terms of holding too much back. I want to be... One thing that happened to me over the last three years is that whatever I held back before and I decided life is too short. I want to be me 110% of the time. Mm -hmm. And if the people around me can deal with it and they like it, great. If something feels weird and strange, well, I'm not going to be an asshole. I'm going to discuss about it. We can talk about it. But ultimately, I want to be who I am. I don't want to put on an act for anybody. And there's something monstrously liberating about that where you just feel like ah you know this weight gets taken off your shoulders yeah it feels nice to be me and it feels nice that if you like me for who i am you really like me for who i am not for the little game i'm putting the little show i'm putting on for you of me in my best version Mm -hmm. no this is who i am this is i'm good in that way and i also do these things that are probably questionable for a lot of people (laughs) See it all. And that's, that's what I think is really fucked up about our culture, our romantic culture in our society. And one of the things that I think Chris Ryan's book is so good mm-hmm. at doing is people are upheld to this standard that's 
not possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, men are supposed to, you know, be like these faithful doves where they just look at one woman and that's the Come only on, person right. they're sexually attracted to ever. And the females actually expect that. Right. And in you almost as a man internalize that yep. and think that you're a fuck up and a fucking I dog. look at that girl's ass. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. I'm a bad human yeah, being. Exactly. I need to so, commit some buku now. <laughs> so you're held to this weird stand and there's this, this part of the relationship where it's just completely bullshit, yeah. you know, where she's pretending you're a certain way, you're pretending mm-hmm. you're a certain way, and you don't really see each other. And to me, that's a barrier for true love yeah. to happen. You know, that complete freedom of this is exactly who I am, completely naked. Not naked in the flesh, you yeah. know, but naked in the soul. Right. Where everything is bared open. And it's just like, look at me. This is what I am. And love me or don't love me but I don't pretend. And I don't see that hardly anywhere. I mean, maybe in the rarest, you know, few of the kind of more progressive new agey kind of relationships, they've, they've kind of accomplished that. Mm -hmm. And I admire them for it. But on the mainstream, it's just so impossible just to find that out there. And, and I think it's one of the big reasons of these problems because how, if, if that person is supposed to be your soulmate, the person who you are the most intimate with, and you're pretty much lying right. a little bit all yeah. the fucking time about what you're thinking and sometimes about what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, but the most, at least men, a lot of men have enough honor not to act on it, but right. they're all full of shit as far as what they're thinking. Of course. You know? like, and then the women are thinking that they're justified in, you know, in what they're thinking about what the man should do. Yeah. And even the other way, I mean, you know, men thinking that women shouldn't be looking at other men going, I know, like, yeah, I'd, like to, I'd love to fuck that dude. I mean, of course. Imagine fuck what he would feel like with his of abs <laughs> on me or whatever, whatever they're of thinking. Of course. You know? yep. I just feel like that, <clears throat> that part is, is really missing and is really kind of hindering, I think, a lot of the, one of the biggest aspects of happiness in our life. I completely agree. Now, it's difficult once you already have started a relationship, no matter how amazing the person you are with, if you have lied, and again, lied sound bad, but if you have, let's say you click 85% where you are a perfect match, and then there are those things that you hide away because mm-hmm. they don't fit. If you have done it long enough, it's very difficult to change the dynamics and to say, oh, look, surprise, there's also this part, because it's like, whoa. So I can see the struggle with that when yeah. you're already in it. But when you're not already in it, the goal should be the to walk into anything with that attitude you know yeah. to me I decided at some point again over the last three years I decided I don't want to have a relationship ever again mm-hmm. and it was weird right I mean it was probably stupid and whatever but I can see where I was coming from but my attitude about that was I know what relationship entails they take a mountain of compromises they take a mountain of sometimes hiding little parts of you away and all of that and because I respect and, you know, I want to be in a relationship with somebody that I respect and love, I'm not willing to put that into it anymore for yeah. anybody. Yeah. So I'm guessing that, yeah, unless I run into the perfect match in every conceivable way who accept it 101% of who I am, then probably not, right? And I mean, that's almost impossible, so you're like, well, I'm basically saying I'm never going to have a relationship again, and I'll live with that. And of course, you know, the second, one of the things that was weird is that the second I embrace who I wanted to be, 
all the time without hiding it. Just eat your face. I'll be super nice, but you'll also see the parts that may be yeah, a little yeah. weird. <clears throat> the weirdest thing happened where suddenly whatever match women like me before, they like me three times as much. Right. Then. And I was like, wait, but I'm confused <laughs> here. You're supposed yeah, to not to like me yeah. now because... Um, that honesty is attractive. Yeah. You know, that rawness is, is appealing, yeah. I think. But people are afraid of it. They feel like, oh, if I don't pretend this way, yeah. you know, that, that won't work. But it's, it's a hard thing to do. I think even, even if you made the conscious decision, say, okay, look, you know, I'm never going to sleep with another woman. Mm-hmm. But you, we're at least going to be completely honest about what I'm wrestling with. Of and, course. And if you could, even if men could even talk to their wives or girlfriends yeah. about it and be like, man, it's really kind of a struggle. I was yeah. feeling the burden, you know, I was on the trip out, a business trip, and, you know, it's hard, but I love you and we're going to keep it. And she's mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, I really appreciate that. I know it's a burden. It would be such a relief. Like, yeah. okay, cool. I'm doing something. I'm making some kind of physical sacrifice, but it's cool. I'm honest about it. And yeah. It's just part of that. I think that would alleviate so much angst if you could just lay it out on the table, even if you made the rules about what actions you could sure. do or not. Because sure. we can all, you know, decide not to eat a brownie or eat yeah. a brownie, you know. It's not like that right. freaks us out. But lying and saying, oh, I hate brownies. I yeah, hate chocolate. Like, I never look at brownies. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, uh, you are the only chocolate I love. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I think that would help things. It does. It does. Because I agree with you about the action and the internal reality going on. Because I've had that discussion, the monogamy discussion, in just about every single relationship I've been, I always start it out with, I think monogamy sucks. (laughs) And invariably, the female answer has been, you know, actually, I must say, every single person I've had this discussion with, they've all been very cool in terms of, as we go back and forth, there's like, I get the philosophical idea, I get the point of it. I'm not comfortable living that way. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's my limitation. Who the hell knows? But the bottom line is right. I can live that way. So take it or leave it. It's either monogamous or not. Laying the cards on the table, then it's a free choice. You know, it's yeah. like, well, if I want to be with you, you have certain attitudes you want to keep. I can respect that. And honestly, yeah, I can. And yeah, once yeah. I say it, then I can live up the card in that way. But of course, being honest, it's like, it doesn't mean, uh, oh, I I don't think any other woman in the world looks... There's probably a lot of women that I would love to have sex with, but I won't because, you know, we set up sex in a certain way and I'm cool with that. Yeah. Not a problem, but at least let's be honest. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's huge. And then, so there's another, so there's another aspect of honor to change the, change the topic. I'm a huge fan of Cyrano de Bergerac. Mm-hmm. Have you read the, read the poem yeah, here? Yeah. So <clears throat> his version of honor, if someone slights him or insults him, he has a razor sharp wit and a yeah. razor sharp sword. And you're either you're going to get the wit first, and if you persist, you're going to get the sword. And so in our society, in our culture, it's a challenge to live by that code. You know? So if someone insults you, the first reaction is, you know, the Cyrano code of honor would be to slice him back with your wit that's right. sharper than his. You know, and then if they persist, you know, then you ball up your fist and, and, you right. go, and you go. And that's how you settle it out. And that's his kind of code of honor. But that's not a very effective no. way to live now. And it's kind of a bummer. It's like, you know, you, you, I really idolize that, that version of, of Cyrano's honor where it's like, you insult me, I'll insult you back. You know, you want to fight, right. I'll beat you. 
You know, and it's very simple and very mm-hmm. appealing, but it's it's not really possible to do this. Not now it takes more you know, the, the proper course of action is generally to just ignore it and let it be and, you know, see that person for who they are, forgive them for for having that point of view and that anger and whatever else and just let it go and not let it be phased. But it's kind of this juxtaposition of the honor I'd kind of like to have mm-hmm. and what I have to do because it's most effective and best for my path. I think, I mean, the honor you like to have, I don't know that you really, I mean, I think you like it in the sense that you read it early yeah. on in life. Right. It was a cool romantic story. There's a beauty to it. But when you break down the components, yes, it's not a particularly effective. And ultimately, there's something about it that's not even that attractive because the reality is that when you react so quickly to any perceived slight on your honor, mm-hmm. to me, it kind of speaks like insecurity. Mm-hmm. It's saying something that your opinion of uh, my integrity is right, really... Right. That means if you are really secure, it's like if somebody looks at you and tells you, start making fun of you because you are short. It's like, well, <laughs> you clearly are not short. You're a tall guy. So yeah, you'd yeah, be yeah. like, it would mean nothing no, to I you, right? Yeah. You would just be like, I'm glad you're having fun with that, but it really doesn't do anything to me. It doesn't, it's not true. It doesn't... If somebody, quote-unquote, insult you and you react so emotionally, to me it's because they touch on something that's real. Yeah. You know, they touch on something sure. that maybe deep down you're not so sure about your integrity, you're not so sure about it. But the, the heroes, they don't react emotionally, they act just cool and right. effective, you know, because I think that you're absolutely right. Any kind of emotional response right. is a sign of insecurity. But in Cyrano, or the case of all the action heroes, in all these action movies they'll have that thing where someone will insult him and yeah. beat him up right. or, or whatever, something will happen. It's, it's just that they don't, it's just part of what they do. You know, it doesn't even phase them. Right. It's just like, oh, you insulted me. Well, this is what happens. Right. This is just the instant natural. Instant karma. This is the instant karma. You know, I think having, having that in your back pocket is not a bad idea, but yeah. choosing when you use it. Right. You know, because I don't want to be the turn the other cheek guy every time. Because at that point, that's not genuine. That's right. not honest. Right. I want to choose. You know, you are being a dick and you're saying these mean, horrible things. I want to choose whether it feels right in this situation to roll with it and maybe be nice to you in a way that makes you see how the stuff you're saying really doesn't apply here. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, other solutions to the conflict... But I also want to have in the back the option of saying, no, I'm just going to punch you out. You know, it's like, because just having that option make all your other actions more honest, yeah, more sure. real. Because sure. you're choosing. At any point, you decide, you know what, change my mind. Sorry, yeah. you just pissed me off. This yeah. time, you know, on a different day maybe, but you're going to get it. Yeah. You know? so, the inso- so we deal with it most on the online forums. You know, right. that's, oh. that's where you get yeah. the most. Ins- it, very rarely are you insulted face to face. Right. You know, so I, I look at these people who I admire, and, you know, Joe Rogan's one of them, and so he has his comedian honor, where if someone heckles him in the crowd, he's going to rip him yeah. to pieces. That yeah. person is going to be demolished. He's competing with a far superior wit. Of course. That has a microphone. That is used yeah. to this. And he just laces into him, and it's, and it's great. It's yeah. this kind of justice that's, that's amazing. And then... You know, he'll occasionally dabble in that online, but he can kind of get away with it. But every time I've gone down that path, I end up regretting it. Yeah. I'm like, 
I would love to point out your bad grammar and your bad spelling and your bad ideas and your silly thoughts and go into it. But every single time, I've never had a a point where I've done that. Even when I say something really funny and and people, it just stirs this pot and they come back more aggressive, more aggressive. And so now it's to the point where I just, I just, you know, ignore them and, and move on. But it's, it's so, it's just a weird kind of dynamic where you feel like you want to, it is. Shut them down and show them how foolish they are, but it doesn't really make any sense. I often fail at that. Yes, <laughs> that you know, it's like showing red to the bull. The immediate yeah. reaction is, <laughs> "I'm gonna pound you, mother!" But you're right; it doesn't really solve anything. Yeah. You know, you may need to do it once in a while to blow off steam, but yeah. deep down, it doesn't. You know, you just add Robert Green on, and the whole thing about strategy is that. In a situation of conflict like that, either you can handle it in a way that you crush your enemy, so to speak, where there's it ends right there in one yeah. nasty fashion, or it's not worth it because all you are doing is prolonging a conflict that even if you come up on top, even if you come out with the better line as the winner, you really haven't changed the person's mind. You just momentarily silence, and they are going to be angry, and they sure. are going to want to lash out more down the road, and they are going to be... So at the end of the day, that's not a victory either. Sure. Well, look, I mean, you can look at historical examples. Look at what the Treaty of Versailles did to Germany, which exactly. led to the rise of the Nazis. Yep. You know, that was directly related. They overstepped in you know, victory over Germany after the First World War put too harsh of a you know, resolution on there. And it created this you know, anger that built and led up to that Absolutely. war machine that, that came out and that we very fortunately were able to stop at the, kind of the last right, moment but, there. Yep. You know, but you know, I think that's definitely it. And Robert Greene has that chapter that says, um, crush your enemies completely. Yep. You know, so like the, and it's ruthless, but the way the, unless you can do it the way the Mongols did it, and I'm, right. not, and I'm not talking that's a moral way, obviously no, it's not. It's completely immoral. Not. But where you go into a town, you kill everybody, and then you ride off, and then you go back for the people who are hiding in little holes and hovels, <laughs> kill and too. kill them too, yeah. as they're trying to bury their dead. Yeah, maybe at that point, the enemy's done, you know. But unless right. you're willing to take it to that extreme, which... Insulting somebody online, you're never no. going to do that. <laughs> no. You're just going to create more anger yeah. and more yeah. more energy for that. Absolutely. No, so, I agree. It's like either you're willing to go all out in a full-on genocidal fashion, <laughs> or, yeah. or are you kidding me? Why? You know, you're just going to feed the conflict more and more. No, I completely agree. And it's um, it's silly at the end of the day. It's a waste yeah. of energy. Yeah. Uh, again, having said that, I feel at that regularly, <laughs> so it's something to work on. Yeah, for sure. It's certainly a challenge. So it's almost like our modern, you know, it seems like there's kind of an ephemeral idea of honor in this, but there's also some other kind of honor. So let's say someone insults your girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, certainly in person, that is a slight that cannot go right on, you know, unrevenged, unavenged. Mm-hmm. You have to say something, right? Or if they obviously if they touch your girl, oh it's, yeah, well, yes, game on immediately. You know, no, no, no Mongol genocidal <laughs> version at that yeah, point. Scorched earth, like bring out your inner Mongol, and yeah. uh, yes. <clears throat> so there's there's kind of, I think it would be an interesting kind of uh, analysis to look at what is what is the honor for the modern man. You know, right. like what is a modern warrior honor? You know, because it's different. It's I think. 
depending on the situation and depending on the time period, it changes. But I think that would be interesting to kind of take a look at. I think one thing that remains true in all times, in all places, is living your life to, with a degree of integrity that the people who care and love for you can always count on you. You have their back. You don't, you don't let anyone down. And by anyone, again, I don't mean can be complicated things out there. So I'm just talking about the people who are counting on you because you let them count on you, which mm -hmm. is loved ones, family, things like that, you know. That that degree of integrity, I think, applies to... There's not a single time in history where you say, well, it, did, it shouldn't apply in that particular scenario. No, that's life. That's all of life. I mean, if, if people who care and love you can trust you, then what are we talking about? Sure. You know? It's like there's no... So to me, that's the that's foundation. The, that's the element. core of it. All yeah. right, but then it gets... It, here's where it gets challenging. One of the things that, you know, I personally struggle with is mm -hmm. I, was, I was engaged for mm -hmm. a time period. And so I gave a girl a ring and, mm -hmm. and a promise. Right. That, was I completely sure when that happened? No, not really. But right. I thought that, you know... But then I look back now, and obviously, you know, it didn't work out. And... I feel like I made a promise that I couldn't keep and that it had a, this, this kind of detriment to yeah. it, you know? And I, and I wonder if I could have been, you know, been smarter and been more realistic with myself. And it's like a, a violation of that core principle, I feel like, to me. And it's, it's hard to kind of reconcile that. It is and it's not. I mean, on one level, literally it is, right? right? On the other level is you are going with a social script of how things are supposed to be done that wasn't really true yeah. to life, one, and to you, number two. The reality of it is that you being who you are today, if you look at that same situation, the dynamics would probably be very different. You wouldn't be in that same sure. place in that same situation because maybe, I don't know, what's your take on it? Believing, like, the whole idea of marriage, the ring, the promise, that kind of stuff. Does that, as an ideal, make sense to you? Does it not? I think it, you can't do that with the package that comes with it. Right. You can choose to do it under your own kind of rule system. Yeah. And under your own guise. And I think it's, a, it's kind of a noble gesture that's well-recognized. And I, I think there's some, some qualities to that that I like. But I think you obviously have to not take the church version right. of the doctrine and say, okay, now this is this, and this is, we're all going to be happy, and yay! Yeah. You know, I, I think you have to kind of make it your own. Create your own marriage. <laughs> Create your own <laughs> marriage, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, you're right. I think that's what happened, is you bought into somebody else's yeah. version of what you would actually want, and partially you do agree, and partially you don't, and that's the part where I went to hell, you know? Mm -hmm. the, to me, is making a promise like that. I'm not against making promises or making a promise even in that department. But to me, it's like I make you a promise that uh, you can probably love somebody for life. That does not mean that you are gonna be in a relationship with them yeah. for life. And even that saying for life is tricky because people sometimes change. You know, and how I can definitely love the person you are now. I personally, I can love the person you have been. I can person love the person that I see you becoming. 
but you know, tomorrow you sure. hit your head and you turn into Attila the Han, I'm not going <laughs> to love you, you know, because right. you are become an awful human being. Right. And so, do I see that happening? No. Do I expect it? No. But if I say, I love you, this physical body I see in front of me, no matter what happens 50 years down the road, you're lying, because you right. don't know. You don't know what that person is going to be. Mm-hmm. You probably know. You may know. But again, may is not a promise. Sure. Probably is not a promise. So the promise is, I'm going to give you everything I have right here, right now. I'm going to give you everything I have for as long as there's that something with us. I'm going to go the extra mile when things don't work to try to figure out ways to make them work. That's as honest as a promise you can make. Mm -hmm. I was with uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, who's a Toltec master, Uh and... His take on love and relationships was he says, look, I make only one promise. And the promise is I'm going to love you generously and receive your love graciously. And that's it. And he had a bunch of girlfriends, <laughs> even where he was at the right. conference. And, you know, I don't think, you know, you could see them kind of jostling, but he was just completely open, honest. Right. You could tell that he was living up to his end of the bargain. And it was up to them to decide whether they wanted to yeah. fit into that piece. Absolutely. You know? And I think that's really all that you can promise to do mm-hmm. is, you know, love you as generously as possible and receive your love as graciously as, as you're capable. That's, you know, the multiple girlfriends at the conference part, that could actually be very Italian, but uh, being so <laughs> succinct in the... That's not Italian at all. That's why I'm going off. He's like, that promise, I can promise you this, I can promise you that. It's like, he put it in a one-liner. Yeah. That works. Nice. Yeah. That simplifies things. I dig that. Well, Daniele, this was great. I think we kind of unpacked the uh, the code of honor for the modern man. That's what I that's what I needed to get to with you. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you. Always a pleasure seeing you. We'll have to do this many, many more times, hundreds of times over our lifetime. Many times as we want. (laughs) Sounds good, my brother. Thank you so much. All right, take care.